Good morning, everyone. Today is December 17th. It's about 5.45 in the morning. I'm on my way to work per usual whenever I do on the road ramblings. Today is kind of a special day though. I mean, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic. I feel like every day I turn on the news and I see that there's a new death toll that's greater than it has been since I don't know, when did we get our first in the United States, our first COVID patient? February? The end of February? So the numbers are are really climbing up there. And I don't know if any of you follow me on uh, the other social media platforms, but if you don't, do it. You won't regret it. I don't post crazy often, but I feel I may be biased, but I post some good stuff. So check out Instagram. Twitter, Facebook page, First Do No Harm podcast. Regardless, the stories are getting more and more sad. And I think just a couple days ago, I posted a local story that was written in North Carolina about a couple who came several days after Thanksgiving. They were 78 and 82 years old, I believe. They lived at home, they had normal ADLs. If you're not a nurse, that's just activities of daily living. So they didn't use walkers, they didn't use wheelchairs. The number sounds high, but these people, they were cognitively with it, they were physically able, and as most people in their late 70s and early 80s, they had comorbidities. I mean, there's a lot of people my age at 36 who have tons of comorbidities. It's just, especially in the United States. Anyway, this couple came in, they were sick, and they struggled for several days. They were full codes upon admission. Ultimately, they couldn't get one of the family members off of life support. I don't know if it was the husband or the wife, but the nurses in that ICU, they were able to arrange the beds of these two patients, put them in the same COVID ICU room, which is not really a thing. And the two people, they were taken off of life support and they were able to die within minutes of each other holding hands. Ooh, I don't know about you, but it gets my heart a lot. Which is why today at 2.20 on December 17th, I'm going to be taking the COVID vaccine. And I'm really excited to be on this side of history. And as the last podcast you, I'm sure you know, I have tried to stay very aware, very alert on what it means for me to take it, the side effects, uh, of course, the risk of the people who did take it and the adverse effects that they had as well. But I think for me, it's very important to be on this side of history, to minimize someone else getting sick and dying, including my own family. I haven't seen my mom and dad for months now because I'm so afraid that I may be an asymptomatic carrier. And while 
wearing masks are very effective in not spreading COVID-19 per evidence-based practice, it's not 100% foolproof. And with this vaccine, after the first dose, in about two weeks, you are 50% likely to not contract COVID-19. And then you get a second dose at 21 days. And then two weeks after that dose, you are 95% likely not to contract COVID-19. And while I have been very afraid and aware, um, afraid in the way that I'm realistic because I've seen people admitted to our hospital that are around my age and some have done great. Some have spent time in the ICU. Some's just not really done well. But I've been very realistic that I could have a congenital issue that I didn't know about. I've had, just like Sam, on the last podcast, she was a healthy woman and she suffered for seven months. I see nurses that are young and healthy now that are suffering from it. So, very excited today. And I plan to make some videos, pictures, updates. So if you want the updates, again, be sure, go follow me on the social media platforms. Snapchat's probably going to be a good one just for today. And I think the Facebook page is the one where I will be posting little updates here and there on And I wrote a blog the other day that I want to share with you while we're talking about all of this. And the name of that blog was, even in their deaths, they are not faceless. Essentially, what it said was that if you were to be a fly on my wall, any evening that my husband and I are watching a medical show. And those shows include all of our favorites, Grey's Anatomy, New Amsterdam, The Resident, The Good Doctor, Transplant. There's so many great ones out there. But if you were to be a fly on the wall in our home during any of those shows, then you would absolutely hear me making diagnosis before the quote-unquote doctors on the show make the diagnosis, you would hear me correcting the show constantly on the medical interventions that they choose, maybe their first step diagnostics, that they, maybe they should have gotten a head CT first, and then I felt that that was very important because it sounds more like a, a brain bleed or, you know, or even I'll point out that, no, that patient's not dying. It says they have a blood pressure of 110 over 80 and their heart rate 62. Or, boy, oh boy, do I love to correct the ACLS of these medical shows because they all love to do what? If you watch this and you are a medical professional, what do these shows love to do that does not match ACLS and BLS? The answer is they love shocking some asystole. A flat heartbeat, they're gonna shock them. Spoiler alert. That's not what you do. 
and of course, lots and lots of other things. And when you would hear me do that as the fly on my wall, you would hear my husband say, thanks a lot, Jamie, for ruining it for me. Of course, he's just joking, but he still faithfully watches the made for general population television medical shows with me every single week. But I've noticed that this season, since the pandemic, things have been different. The Good Doctor and Grey's Anatomy especially have, they've really done a great job showing the heaviness of this virus and the impact that it has on medical professionals. And of course these shows, like they really show the physician side of it, but I mean, we know that it's nurses as well as doctors, as well as CNAs, PCTs. You know, we're, we're all heavily, and respiratory therapist, we're all affected by this mentally, emotionally, physically. And they've shown a lot that we've gone through that people don't really understand for the last eight or nine months. Well, the other night, I came home and did as I do every night. I got inside the house. I immediately got undressed at the door. We keep a hamper right next to the door so that I won't potentially bring COVID into the house while my husband holds the dogs because I don't know. I just don't want the dogs to get COVID. I heard one dog has had it so far and definitely don't want that to happen to my pups. But he holds the dogs. I go straight up the stairs, hop in the shower, come out looking like a lobster because it's as hot as I can get it. And I didn't have to go to work the next day. So I was a little emotionally vulnerable just from the day. I come home most days like that anyways, but I didn't have to get up the next morning at 4.30 to go back to work. So we started sitting down and watching an episode of Grey's Anatomy. And it wasn't much different than any other time that we watch a television show other than this time it's about COVID. And the doctors are rattling off some lab values and I tell Joe, the patient's a multi-system organ failure, that's what that means, Joe. And so 30 seconds later, the actor who's playing a doctor explains, well, it's because the patient has multi-system organ failure. And on cue, Joe rolls his eyes and he says, thanks for ruining it for me. So I giggle, show goes on. Well, the last, I don't know, maybe two minutes, two and a half minutes of the show, something is a little different. Miranda Bailey is the character on the show who does a voiceover at the very end. And don't want to spoil it for you, but you're not going to hear anything about who dies or who lives. But she starts narrating this part. And she says... Patients lose their power when they are referred to as bed number four or arm pain guy. Even in their deaths, they are not faceless. They are not nameless. 
They are more than statistics. They are more than comorbid conditions or nursing home patients. They are sons, brothers, and uncles who speak five languages and run restaurants. Wade Klein, 66. They are great-grandfathers who love Broadway. Jacob Lappin, 92. They are baseball-loving nurses with an easy laugh. Dane Wilson, 45. They are the world's greatest mothers, and they are the most beloved wives. Elena Rose Bailey, 84. And even now, it, it gets me to my core because really, these people who have died, they're just numbers. We're around 300,000. And the world who doesn't work in healthcare, who they haven't lost someone yet to this virus, they only hear a number. They only hear that this person was elderly. They forget that these people who have died of COVID-19 are more than the diseases that have been in their body for decades. My dad has had four heart attacks. He's had an ablation for his AFib. He's a type two diabetic and he has high blood pressure. And he's 70 years old. He's also a business owner. He's also the father of a girl who loves him so much. I just want to remind you that his life matters too. And your life matters too. I I really want to encourage you that we have to start remembering that these people are not a number, they're not a statistic. These people, they had faces. They had favorite foods. They had favorite pastimes. A lot of them probably had some really corny dad jokes. And they had memories that would always bring a smile to their face. So please, love your community enough to see them tomorrow. And I am loving my community. I'm loving my family, my state, and my country to get this vaccine today, to be one of the first people to get it in my hospital on December 17th at 2.20 in the afternoon. And not only am I doing that, but I'm going to keep you updated so that you know if anything bad were to happen, am I sore from the needle that goes into my muscle today? Am I going to get a headache? Am I going to get fatigue? Am I going to have anaphylaxis? You're going to know because I care about you too. I encourage you to really take the time to dive in, to become aware of this virus, this vaccine, the ones that are being used right now. And I will do all that I can to make sure you have the best information to be as informed as you can be.
I hope you have a beautiful and wonderful day, and I'll talk to you soon.